welcome to the Vector Accelerator podcast, where we delve into the profound journey of veterans navigating the transition from military service to civilian life. Join us as we explore the challenges faced and the critical question for clarity in identity, purpose, and community beyond the uniform. I'm your co-host, Michael Halterman. My friends call me Halty, and I hope you will too. I spent about 20 years in the United States Marine Corps, first 10 years as an infantryman, and the second 10 years in special operations. The best version of me is always in service to others. I'm joined by my co-host, Joe Lara. You know, I joined the Navy to serve four years thinking that was going to be it, but that quickly turned into 24 and it flew by. Today, the best version of me is serving and hustling for others so that they can find clarity. And Halty and I, we're here together and we hope that you can find the best version of you. Today, we have special guest, Michelle Cole. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Halty and Joe. Great to be here. Michelle is a clinical psychologist specializing in psychotherapy, somatic experience, and neuroaffective touch and hypnosis, and is also one of our amazing founding board members here at the Vector Accelerator. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We always start with a group introspective exercise because it's just a good way to kind of loosen up and, and start to think creatively and, and maybe a little bit deeply about what we've got going on. So the exercise question today is, I want to say this in 20 years about my life, about my family, and my career. Now we can break this up a little bit. It doesn't have to be all three. We can, you know, 20 years about my life or just about your family or just about your career. And to make it easier on you, Michelle, I'll go first, Joe will go, and that'll build you some time to think about it. Um, and because I've gotten to look at this a little bit, I, I think the place that my brain went immediately is in 20 years, I'll be able to look back and go, you know, I got 1% better every year. <laughs> so I'm 20% better and my work now, whatever that is, whether it's art or something professional or whatever it is, is 20% better than where I started. So that's what I would like to say. What are your thoughts, Joe? No, yeah. Thanks, Halty. I, I love that 1%. That's cool. Cause it gives you something that you, maybe you can kind of measure at least for you. Um, mm -hmm. it, what's interesting is uh, this year, last year was kind of just felt kind of just not flat, but, but just like kind of predictable mm -hmm. this year is very much kind of like a lot of things in the air and i kind of like that and and it's having it has a lot to do with my future so mm. the reason why i mentioned you know when you said 20 years i'm like man if you asked me that question last year i think i'd have a different answer than what i'm feeling now mm -hmm. it's it, it's it's constantly evolving and adjusting and so to answer the question for me um like in 20 years from now i still want to be um, moving in a forward direction, like 1%, 2%, whatever it is, I, I just mm. got to be inching better, but I want to remain adaptable to the, to whatever's happening. Like I don't mm. want to be stuck. Mm -hmm. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. My turn. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to look back on my life and say that it was a success. And that quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson comes to me, and it's a longer quote, but the the uh, essence of it is to know that even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. That mm. is success. And, you know, I've certainly been spicier when I was younger and more reactive and just coming from searing pain mm. and with 
can respond with kindness, um, you know, it, it might not do anything to change, but it, I feel good about that when I can respond with kindness in the face of, of uh, you know, somebody being crabby or irritable. Um, whereas when I was younger, I couldn't do that so well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Michelle. I appreciate that. Um, so get, getting into this topic for this, for this chapter, um, it's, it's really about the mission, the next mission. Um, maybe, maybe it is even actually the word chapter in your life, you know, the, the, whatever the term is, it's moving forward and doing something else. Um, whenever, whenever I first talk to a veteran and Halty, I know you've had these conversations with other veterans numerous times. Hey, your next mission, the next thing. Um, it's real easy for veterans just to kind of focus on the job or the next like natural mm-hmm. thing. Oh, we need to move our family. But in this chapter, when we talk about next mission, we really want you to kind of open up the aperture and, and think about it as impact maybe, and consider that that might be something, you know, to look at. Um, so, so Michelle, like I, re- I remember, uh, being asked this first, you know, stepping out into the transitioning world and kind of thinking about what, what, what's my next mission. Um, have you, are there any strategies or ways that you could, that you could maybe offer to help veterans think about just opening up the aperture to to like the possibilities of that next mission? Like what could that next mission be? Some people, maybe it's just taking time out sabbatical, but others are like, no, I want to go save the whales or something. You know what I mean? Like, like, so, so how do you help a, I guess a veteran kind of open up their mind to the possibilities? Yeah. Well, this is probably not a a common response, but it's, um, I'm always inviting people to slow down. There's Mm. like this rush to get to the next thing to what's next, what's next. And even the people that will say, no, I'm not doing that. You know, okay, I'm here. I'm learning about myself. It's like, yeah, but you're doing that. And I think we've seen that through the programs too, that people start off saying, oh, I'm into, you know, introspection. I'm, I'm going to do it. But then by the end of the program, they're like, can I answer all those questions again? Because now I'm really ready to do it. So if I could advise somebody on that, it would be to find those spaces where you can carve up some time just to let your body catch up to what your mind has been doing and just to slow down. You know, whenever there's a transition, um, there's a lot more chaos. Just think of it like a speed bump. And if you hit that speed bump, like going fast, you're going Dukes of Hazard through the air. So we want to slow down so we can cause the least amount of disruption. And also knowing whatever you choose, it's not a life commitment. You're not marrying whatever thing that you choose. You're allowed to be curious about what you're curious about. You're allowed to try new things. And that's really the only way that we land in that thing that's meant for us. We have to know what we don't want. So it's a it's a matter of discernment. And sometimes we have to try those things that maybe appealed in our minds, but then we get there day one, we're like, oh no, this does not fit. And when we can slow down, then we can actually notice how our body is responding to the situations we're putting it in and not just overriding. Good point. When you've been in the military, Mm -hmm. you're really good at overriding every body signal that you've ever had. So in a way, this is an invitation back home to yourself. Hmm. Wow. I I think a lot about how do I open up my curiosity? Because that's kind of what we're talking about, right? And we, we say it. Uh, hopefully in this program and we, we do it in other programs where we talk about have a childlike curiosity and really open yourself to the possible. 
Is there anything that you can maybe pull apart from that just a little bit further of really how to open up your curiosity and have a childlike mind going into this? I love that you use the childlike mind because that's one of the skills that I teach people when they come to Mm. work with me. It's called orientation. And so, so often we get into that like target lock, like I have to do this, I have to do that. And we lose all the beautiful detail in life. So one of the things that we could practice, and you know, you could do this with your partner, with your child or a friend, it's called an orientation walk. And so it's outside in nature and you take turns and person A, person B, um, and person A just goes through and tries to look at what they're looking at with childlike wonder. If you were a kid, what would you be drawn to? Would it be the Mm. pattern in the leaves? Would you want to go smell the flowers? Would you want to go crush the rosemary between your fingers? (laughs) Do you want to go look under that rock or chase that lizard? So really practicing letting your curiosity, you know, get the best of you and and following your impulses. Like, what is your impulse say? Do we go right or do we go left on the trail? Mm. Like, let's just feel what that feels like. And then the other person is just noticing with you. They're not adding anything to the to the exercise at all. And then you flip-flop. Then person B mm. gets to follow their impulse and notice their curiosity. And it's a skill you have to build sometimes if mm-hmm. you haven't been nurturing that part. And I would venture to say um, that everyone that practices that ends up feeling a little bit better than before they started that. Um, and if there's somebody that feels worse, reach out to me, please, because I want to I want to understand what went sideways there. I really do. Um, but it, we have to practice it. It's a skill. Hmm. That's that's awesome. Are, yeah. are there I, I know without giving names or whatever, but are there like really cool stories or examples of like how that's somebody's like worked through that and, you know, led with curiosity and, and that kind of exercise maybe that led to. Opening up the aperture actually led to something. It sounds like it, like it would. I can I can sense that it would. But you know, have you, is there any examples that you, that come to mind? Well, there's so many examples. I mean, since that's a skill that I teach everyone, that people just start noticing more beauty. You know, like they mm-hmm. might say, I just I always looked at the flowers in my backyard, but I really looked at the flowers, and then I felt gratitude. I live in a beautiful place that I have these flowers. Um, th- you know, there was somebody in my office this week that said that. Like I. I just never noticed how beautiful the the flowers and the trees are in my backyard. So once you kind of train yourself to look in that way, and you can Mm. only do that when you're slowing down, when you're moving a hundred miles a minute, it's like, you know, I think about a rock skipping across the water, like you're skipping across the water, but you never sink in. And that's where the good stuff is. Yeah. Wow. And it aligns with it's, Everything you just said aligns so much with what I was trying to practice this morning. The rain broke. It was a giant rainbow and literally like in my backyard. That's and awesome. I was take a moment and be grateful. Have have a gratitude practice because it aligns with what you're talking about so much and noticing the beauty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, what's what's awesome about what you're saying, Michelle, and this this we're getting at the latter part of this program. So we're like on one of the final chapters. All throughout uh, when the veterans do the work that they're doing, and and uh, it requires a lot of introspection and looking to the past, pulling out your strengths and your talents and your values, and and uh, a little bit of dreaming, a, a lot of these things. And now we're hearing to slow down from you, which is awesome because again, that's a thread that's pulled all the way through the curriculum. Is take time for you to to think and get clear. Um, in that is. Uh, it allows the individual to kind of be aware of what I've, what I've, what I learned from another mentor of mine 
is Joe, you're going to be more in tune to serendipitous moments. They're always occurring all around you. But until you slow down and get it really in tune with who you are, you won't, you'll, you're going to miss those opportunities. Um, and I think those opportunities is the cool stuff. That's like, hey, Joe, would you like to XYZ or whatever, fill in the blank? Um, at least for me personally, that's, that's what these practices have done for me. And, uh, and Halty, I don't know if you've, had, if you've had any of those moments. Michelle, you yourself, when you've sort of slowed down, like, like what are those things that have popped up for you that are like, oh my gosh, I probably would have missed that if I were not aware or in tune and, and done the work? Um, anything come to mind? Oh, there's so much that comes to mind. I mean, and you know, I'd advise any listeners though to slow down slowly. When you're going 100 miles an hour, you don't go to a dead stop. Like that would just, that's True. really unkind to your nervous system. So, you know, if you're thinking about a horse that you're at a full gallop, like you want to go to a canter and then to a trot and then to a walk, you know, so finding things where you can be mindful. So if you're a surfer, Instead of just, you know, thinking about what you have to do when you get out of the water, it's like feel the water, like feel your hands on the surfboard, feel your hands in the water. That's a way to slow down is to come to the present moment. And for me, the way slowing down has helped me. Now, I'm just going to give a preface. It's going to be really uncomfortable when you're not used to slowing down. All the stuff that you've tried to not think about, that you've tried to not feel is still there, really available for you. Um, so sometimes that might mean getting, you know, getting some support as you walk through that, as you notice what's bubbling up. Um, as I slowed down, I noticed how much bracing was in my body. And I was like, why do I have chronic pain? I have no idea. And then as I slowed down, I'm like, why do I have chronic pain? You know, I'm like, my shoulders are up by my ears. My hands are in fists. My shoulders are forward. You know, my legs are braced. And it's like, oh, why, why would I possibly be in pain all day long? Because I'm like doing work all day long. Hmm. The one that immediately comes to mind, Joe, is, is kind of hilarious. Joe asked me three times while I was going through transition, <laughs> have you ever, ever thought about being a nonprofit? And I always said, no, Joe, I'm no. going to go be tech entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go into renewable energy. And it wasn't until the third time I realized Joe was offering me an opportunity to be at a nonprofit. And it, and then it just, it all slowed down in that moment and the realization of, I just, I had perhaps missed many other opportunities, but I was missing this one until that very moment. And it, and I did a lot of those things you said, Michelle, I, I was where my feet were for the first time in a long time. I was right there in that moment. It was very eye opening. Man, How, uh, do you think you were, yeah, you were slow good. enough to catch that moment? Like it could have just passed you by if you weren't s- slow enough to recognize that. Absolutely. It, yeah. it was, it was speeding past me. Joe had said it twice. And the third time he had to be more aggressive about it, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> And then it finally yeah. all, it all made sense. This is why the third time he's asking me this. Yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you caught it that third time, Halty. It's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah, for, for me personally, this is, this is where I was at as far as slowing down. Um, mm. I was out of the military, unemployed Joe Lara, and I'm on a, I'm, I'm on this panel and there's a discussion and the panel is like all about leadership and topics and whatever. And I was the only military veteran. That's why I was invited. Uh, the conference was all business folks. Uh, so I definitely felt like I didn't belong there because I slowed down so much. I was not employed, but I'm sitting there offering advice or just enjoying the conversation. Um, 
Flash forward to the end of the conversation, shaking hands, going into a break. And this gentleman in the crowd says, Joe, I love what you said. Um, I'm building uh, a really cool nonprofit in Kenya. Would you like to join me in this venture? I'm like, yeah, let's figure this out. And six months later, I'm in Kenya with him. Like, I'm not employed, right? So the next mission, I need a job. I need to do this. I, I, you know, those stressors are still there. And don't get me wrong, I did eventually get a job. But I slowed down so much and started saying yes to things that mattered to me that I probably would have never said yes to if I was moving so fast. I ended up meeting this awesome gentleman, and I'm still tied to this guy, and, and, we're, and he's doing amazing things, and it's a, it's a wonderful story. If I, was, if I didn't slow down and do the work, I would have missed that. I would have clearly mm. missed that opportunity and instead been in panic mode trying to find the job and throwing resumes all over the place, seeing what sticks. I mean, work and versus not doing the work and just you know rushing to, to, to get that job, man. So I love this conversation so much, Michelle. And thank you for uh, just reiterating like the, the things that that we need to do. Um, the other piece too that I want to that I wanted to to ask you about because a lot of people come to you uh, for professional help and sometimes just just you know hey just in passing words of advice um, from from your experience. Uh, but this question is really about how do we um, consider the possibilities and options out there, but bring others along in the conversation, like like going to other people and talking about our concerns or maybe the problems we want to try to solve or finding that mission, next mission. Like how, how important or how would you say is important? And the reason why I ask that is because a lot of veterans don't like asking others for help sometimes. I can resonate with that. Yeah. And it, it comes back to something that I thought of as you were saying uh, your answer to the last question. It, I think it has a lot to do with courage of the courage to be vulnerable enough to ask, you know, like there's no badge of honor and like being like, oh, I've got it all figured out. Like that's actually a trauma response, that <laughs> extreme independence of I can do it myself. I know that response very well, by the way. Um, but Actually, when we kind of zoom out of our own experience, like we're all the stars of our own drama, people want to help us. You know, people are walking this path with us. Nobody has it figured out. Absolutely nobody does. Even the people that you think have their stuff together, we're all just winging it. So, you know, just realizing that we're all kind of swimming together upstream. And, you know, if you can help another little salmon along, help them along. But um, I think it requires vulnerability to say, I don't know, and I, I, I'd like some help, or I'd like to, you know, could I buy you a coffee and talk to you about this? Um, and courage to, to just step into the unknown. That's always so scary. Yeah, those are great points. And I, I would offer that, you know, from my own personal experience, it was really hard for me at first in the beginning of my transition to go talk to people doing the things that I thought maybe I wanted to do because I didn't feel like I had value to offer them in return. And, and this took much longer to kind of figure out and some meditation and some journaling to really kind of unpack. I didn't really know how to tell my story well outside of the very narrow context of the military. I didn't know how to say, you know, my name is Michael Halterman instead of saying Master Sergeant Halterman or ranks and titles and all those things. Is, do you have any... Yeah ideas around any of that to maybe help out any anyone listening to this? Well, I think that's something that you have to practice. I mean, mm. you can probably answer that better than me, but that's 
uh, with networking and just getting together and practicing not using that jargon because that's so ingrained. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's something that you have to work on. You have to keep that top of mind um, because that is like that's been your life for however for however long. Mm-hmm. There was something else. <laughs> just watch me like la la la, <laughs> tiny objects. But tell me what tell me your answer again that you just answered that last question with. Mm-hmm. The the initial part was not thinking I had value to offer the other person. That's it. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the people that have reached out to me for cups of coffee or just to you know get my perspective. And there's been a lot of people that have said. I don't, I don't want to waste your time. I don't really know mm-hmm. what I'm asking. I just felt like, you know, I saw what you wrote and something in me, I, I just thought I'd contact you. And that's what I'm talking about with following your impulse. Like mm-hmm. a lot of these people that have had cups of coffee with me, they didn't exactly know what we were doing there. But as we got into the conversation, we started talking, we knew exactly why they were there because we found out we had overlap or I knew somebody or I had an idea and we were just there helping them form up ideas. Like it wasn't Mm. the, I'm going to have a cup of coffee and you're going to change my life. It was like, you know, we're just planting seeds and we're seeing how, you know, how things shake out. I believe that everybody has that inner knowing of what's best for them and the next right step to take, but it's just removing those blocks that we have, you know, that pain, shame, and programming that we pick up along the way. If we can lay that down, we'll know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. All good stuff. Yeah. So if anybody that's listening, that's been through the program and they're now, they're now at this chapter and you haven't started your cups of coffee, like you should have done that weeks ago, um, if you're listening to this, but, uh, hopefully this is like one final push to, to, According to Michelle and, and we, according to us as well, because we believe in this, you got to have a little bit of vulnerability and a lot of courage and go for it. Um, uh, it it's, you have to really include others. Um, and and the, the example I use, why it's so important to include others in your transition in, in the next step. I remember um, working with a veteran who is just like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to figure go as far as I can on my own. And then when I really need help, then I'll ask. Mm. And I'm like, okay, hey, check this out. Say you come across a young individual. They're super young. They're maybe 16, 17. And you find out, you know what? I want to join the military. Oh, cool. Like, um, and then you ask them a little bit more questions. And they started saying, I've done a lot of Google research. Um, I found this job. Uh, it's, it's really neat. It's in the Army. And, and, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply. And it's going to be great. And, and I think I know everything. And uh, um, I also saw this video on running. So I'm, I've just been running a lot. And they said, you need to weigh a certain amount. So I just started eating a lot. And then, and then, and then this other blog said this. So I, I think I'm good. Like, I'm so ready. I, I'm ready for boot camp. Like now, you know, <laughs> you as a veteran to be like, oh my goodness. Like, let, let, let me help you. Let me talk to you. Let me help guide you. you. Let me help you. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sharing this, the veteran's face is just like, okay, Joe, I get it. You know? Ask for help because uh, some of it is also um, like a sense of humility and maybe even pride that kind of mm. steps in the way, I think. Uh, and so it, it's all of those things. And you have, you have people that are doing the thing that you are interested in and they're maybe have been doing it for 20 years. Why would you not tap on their shoulder and say, hey, could you let me in insight into your world a little bit? Nonprofit. 
academia, whatever. What's Sorry, the worst thing they say is no, like get out of here. It's like everybody listening <laughs> yeah. to this has dealt with a lot worse than that. So like you can, you can handle a no, you can handle a get out of here. Yeah. And I haven't found too many like strict no. I mean, I've been doing this for so long. Alti, I don't know. We've been doing this for a while. Super rare. Uh, super rare I've to find somebody them, who's just but like, not from, yeah. not never to me personally. Yeah. Most people do want to help. Mm -hmm. um, but it's good to have an idea and, and all the work that we're encouraging you to do in these chapters. It's about being prepared for those cups of coffee. So you're not going in cold mm -hmm. and just saying, Hey man, what do you do? You know, you, you actually have a process and, and that's what this, this program's all about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really cool, Michelle. Um, thank you so much for, for spending the time with us in this conversation. Um, it's, it's, it's always great. I think, I think we've known each other now for maybe I was trying to figure out how many, how many years, like eight, maybe almost eight years, seven or eight. Yeah. Seven or eight. Yeah. Um, but it just, your heart is incredible. Um, you've helped us build this curriculum. So you, you played a critical role, mm -hmm. um, also in my life personally. And, and it's just, it's just awesome to have you. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. It's fun. And, um, and so how, how could people like, you know, get a hold of you if they had a question or whatever. How do you how do you prefer to to get a hold of? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, uh, Dr. Michelle Cole, D R Michelle Cole, K O L E. I'm on LinkedIn. You could find me there. Um, gosh, I've got a website, drmichellecole.com. So cool. I'm out there. If you just Google my name, you'll find me. Awesome. Well, thank you, thank you again so much. Yeah. So, folks, um, transitioning from military, it's it's not easy. Uh, like, like we just talked about. Uh, so we rec highly recommend that you don't do it alone. Uh, th this whole process about rediscovering yourself without the uniform. Uh, we, we hope that you're able to craft a life, uh, that brings genuine fulfillment moving forward. Uh, and so we want to invite all our guests to head over to vectoraccelerator.org where you can download our transition checklist and or enroll into the Vector Accelerator's self-guided virtual course to accelerate your journey to clarity, conviction, and confidence. Oh, 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 o